Welcome to the St. Michael Fall podcast series. My name is Christian Basil and I will be leading our meditation today. Our theme this fall is building our future. This is a unique time in the history of St. Michael Church. God is calling us to take courageous steps forward. Together we will build a future where the kingdom of God can be seen and known in new ways. As the psalmist says, send out your light and your truth that they may lead me and bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 15, verses 29 through 39. After Jesus had left that place, he passed along the Sea of Galilee, and he went up the mountain where he sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing with them the lame, the maimed, the blind, the mute, and many others. They put them at his feet, and he cured them, so that the crowd was amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the maimed whole, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. Then Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for the crowd because they have been with me now for three days, and have nothing to eat, and I do not want to send them away hungry, for they might faint on the way. The disciples said to him, Where are we to get enough bread in the desert to feed so great a crowd? Jesus asked them, How many loaves have you? They said, Seven and a few small fish. Then ordering the crowd to sit down on the ground, he took the seven loaves and the fish, And after giving thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowd. And all of them ate and were filled. And they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. Those who had eaten were four thousand men, besides women and children. After sending away the crowds, he got into the boat and went to the region of Magadan. Here ends the reading. This is the second of two feeding of the multitude stories in Matthew. And while it probably receives less attention than its more famous counterpart, the feeding of the 5,000, I think it's the more important of the two. It is important because it shows the breadth of Jesus' ministry and how it extends to the Gentiles even if that was not his original intent, and a change in the thinking of the disciples. And I think what this says for us in a season of building and change as a church community is equally as profound. I will admit to you that when I saw the drawings and illustrations of the new building plans, I was a little confused. Probably the first thing I noticed was the removal of this beautiful cloistered area. And I wondered why we would get rid of such an architectural feature that offered a quiet, green, and contemplative space. But let's think about what it means to be cloistered for a minute. A cloistered life is about separation and solitude, intentional isolation from the outside world. The walls of a cloister are a barrier to keep the world around you out. And as I learned from Google, we get the word cloister from the Latin claustrum, a shut-in place, which is the same root for claustrophobia. 
and I seriously doubt that a claustrophobic church would be good for anyone. And so I have to agree that the ministry of the church is not meant to be cloistered. Instead, it's called to be involved with the world around it. This campaign to build and refresh our campus is not just for us on the inside. It's also for the wider community, for visitors of all kinds, for people that we don't even know yet. Many of you listening know that I have only been serving at St. Michael for a little over two years. And when I reflect on this church community, what I see as someone who is relatively new is a community that knows who they are, a community that has developed a sense of their identity in Christ. And I think that's how I would relate this story to the feeding of the 4,000. In verse 33, it says, The disciples said to Jesus, Where are we to get enough bread in the desert to feed so great a crowd? And we can see here that unlike the first story, the feeding of the 5,000, the disciples here have developed a sense of responsibility. They don't immediately ask Jesus what they will do. They say, where are we to get enough bread? And I think this campaign for the future is an answer to a similar question. How will we be enough for the community around us and for the community that is yet to be? It is a campaign that takes responsibility for what we offer to others, how we offer it, and how we open the doors and bring down the walls that separate us from those around us. Because we learn from this story the importance of seeing how we can be disciples to others, it asks us to think about who we will be ministering to and how far that ministry stretches. This story reminds us that we are continuing the ministry of Jesus. Just as Jesus hands the loaves and fish to the disciples to hand out to the crowds, so Jesus hands us the ministry of compassion towards others. What we do in this campaign is not simply to build buildings, but to build community, to build our sense of compassion, and with God's help, to build the experience of grace in the world. Grace is the result of opening ourselves up. Grace is what happens when we extend our hands in ministry to those around us, beyond our now uncloistered walls. Even in our individual lives of faith, we can recognize that we are changed and transformed because of Christ, ready to take on a greater responsibility in the world of ministry. So perhaps this campaign of the church asks you a personal question too. How can you be enough for the community around you? I think the answer is the same as we hear in the story. Jesus blesses and breaks the loaves and gives you a piece, and you continue that work. You get involved in people's lives that are not immediately related to your own. You open your own cloistered ideas about ministry. You seek and welcome those in need of grace. And when we do these things together, we may finally realize that in Christ there is no end to compassion, that because of him we have all we need, all we need for us and for those around us. We realize that ministry begins when we look beyond ourselves 
to the people we aren't even in relationship with yet, and welcome them into a future that we are building together. Amen. Please join me as we continue with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. O God, whose blessed Son came into the world, that he might destroy the works of the devil, and make us children of God and heirs of eternal life. Grant that, having this hope, we may purify ourselves as he is pure, that when he comes again with power and great glory, we may be made like him in his eternal and glorious kingdom, where he lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. 